Welcome back to the wrong opinion, useless NBA trivia and garbage rankings. As always, if this is your first time, check out the trailer for season one. Talking about what we're doing here. Uh, we'll be ranking the Atlanta Hawks. Now, we're in the uh, the third section from the bottom. This one's titled A Single Era. All these teams have just won one title, just one era where they were borderline dominant uh, and maybe pretty good elsewhere. Uh, the Hawks, for their part, have won 49% of their games in their 74 seasons. 49 playoff appearances. Uh, that's not bad. Let's go through their history a little bit. They began in 1949, one of the... Uh, uh, one of the earliest franchises in the NBA. They're coached by Red Auerbach, who, of course, the very next season went on to start coaching the Celtics and win nine titles as a coach and a lot more as an executive. Uh, they were the Tri-City Blackhawks the first couple years, and then the, uh, the, the Milwaukee Hawks until 55, uh, and then they moved to St. Louis in 1956. In their last year in Milwaukee, they drafted Bob Pettit, who would become, you know, one of the five best power forwards of all time. Uh, I have him number two right now. Upon their move to St. Louis, they made the playoffs six straight years, made the finals four times in those six years, and won the 58 finals. They had guys like Slater Martin, who had won the finals four times with the Lakers. They had Cliff Hagen and Ed McCauley. Now, Cliff and Ed were really nice players, both Hall of Famers, uh, but 1956, ooh, Ed and, uh, Ed and Cliff were on the Celtics, being coached by Red Auerbach, traded to the Hawks for Bill Russell. That's when they went back. I mean, just imagine Bill Russell and Bob Pettit on the same team for the next 10 years. Come on. Of course, you don't have Red coaching them, so what happens there? Uh, they missed the playoffs in 62. Uh, but from 63, they made the playoffs every single year for the next decade behind guys like Walt Bellamy, Lou Hudson, Zelmo Beatty. That's a real name, Zelmo Beatty. Nickname was The Franchise. Long before Steve Francis. Of course, Pistol Pete was there a couple years too, but the star was really Hudson. Uh, they didn't do much, you know, second round exits, first round exits a couple times. And they were just kind of middling along for the late 70s and the early 80s. Uh, guys like John Drew, Dan Roundfield, Tree Rollins, uh, a bunch of first round exits. And then Dominique Wilkins came, the ultimate scoring machine. And it didn't get much better. <laughs> Dominique Wilkins never made the conference finals. He took him to the playoffs a lot, only missed a couple times. And when he did miss, it's still pretty good records. Like, you know, ninth, tenth seeds. So throughout the, the 90s, just a mediocre playoff team. Uh, the early 2000s, they were one of the worst, most poorly run franchises. They were being led by guys like Jason Terry, nice player, not a leader. Sharif Abdurrahim, the ultimate empty calorie guy. And just a bunch of wings. And then they didn't draft Chris Paul. So that kind of hurt them. Uh, but with their core of Al Horford, Josh Smith... And of course, Joe Johnson. They made the playoffs in 08 for the first time in about 10 years. And they became, once again, the poster child for mediocre playoff team. By 2015, Joe Johnson was gone. Josh Smith was gone. And they had that awesome, awesome 60-win team, that Budenholzer team. That's one of my favorite teams ever. Al Horford up at center, Paul Millsap at power forward, Kyle Korver at shooting guard, Jeff Teague. 
at point guard. And then, of course, Carroll at small forward, but, you know, he wasn't an all-star, so who cares? Conference Finals! They made the Conference Finals. Not bad. 2018, another huge mistake that traded Luka for Trey Young. And he took him to the Conference Finals in his third year. Nobody saw that coming. 41-win team. Uh, but going forward, they I mean, they're 41-41 and 41 this year. They won 43 games last year. Just, once again, mediocrity. Mediocre playoff team. I mean, in their franchise's history, they made the playoffs in 66% of their years. They have a 49% winning percentage. That's just, you know, it's it's good. They're a good, solid franchise, historically. And that's why they're right in the middle here. I have them as the 16th best franchise of all time. But let's get to the rankings. First team, point guard. The player coach, Lenny Wilkins. Now, he wasn't player coaching when he was with uh, the Hawks. Uh, but still, like, the most successful, probably, playoff coach ever, other than Bill Russell. And he did it for way longer. He played with uh, St. Louis for eight seasons. Average of, you know, 15 and 5. And he made the playoffs seven times with them. That ain't bad. He's got the fifth most assists in Hawks history. And if you look at all-time rankings, 16th in total assists. Now, he was probably better as a player when he was with Seattle. His staffs were definitely better. He had more success with uh, with St. Louis. Uh, but he's the only Hall of Fame point guard they've ever had, really, at any point in, in their franchise. And he also took him closer to the finals than pretty much uh, closer to a title than almost any other player. Uh, in his rookie season, he lost in the finals to eventual champion Celtics, averaging 14 points a game, 36 minutes. Now, his, percent his percentages are really bad, but I mean, this is 60s and 70s, so everybody's are really, really bad. Uh, so we forgive him for that. He ended up, I mean, he's one of the top 10 coaches in NBA history. He's, I think, yeah, he's probably the best coach-player combo. If you're talking about his success as a coach and success as a player, I mean, he'd be a Hall of Fame coach and he'd be a Hall of Fame player. I, he's probably the only player who could say that. Uh, first team shooting guard, Sweet Lou Hudson. Lenny's running mate for a couple years there. He didn't have a lot of postseason success. He did make, make the playoffs for his first seven consecutive seasons. And in the 73 playoffs, averaged 29.7 points per game uh, over six games. Not a terrible sample size. Uh, now Lou, rest in peace. The farthest he really got was as a rookie going to the Western Division Finals, basically the Conference Finals back then against the San Fran Warriors. Just a stacked team, those Hawks. Lenny Wilkins, Lou Hudson, obviously, Zelma Beatty, Richie Guerin, Rod Thorne, Bill Bridges, Paul Silas, Joe Caldwell. Uh, he has the Hawks franchise record for single uh, for single game points, 57 points against the Bulls in uh, 69 in a one point victory. Uh, Lou, great scorer, good passer. Six foot five, a little bit undersized. Really good percentages, especially for the era. Shot 49% for his career. Did not take a lot of free throws, but six a game most of his career. He's All NBA second team only one time in 1970. Uh, six All Star games. And I think his success, his, his moderate success, really uh, was a factor of the era. He thrived during the early 70s, weak league back then. But he averaged 20 points a game for his career, and from 1970 until 1974, he's putting up 25.9 points per game. It's pretty good, Lou. Third in Hawks points. There are eight guys with 10,000 points. 
Uh, he's third with 16,049. First team small forward. Uh, the Hawks all-time leading scorer, Dominique Wilkins. The highlight film. Uh, this was an easy one. He's a top 10, 15 shoot, uh, small forward all-time. One of the best scorers and maybe the best in-game dunker. Now, that, that didn't translate to a lot of playoff success. I think he cared more about uh, being the human highlight film, winning dunk contests, mesmerizing the crowd. But when you have a guy that can shut up the other team's home crowd with a massive dunk the way he did, that's just that's really useful. Uh, the problem was he pretended to be uh, one his whole career when really he should have been the second or maybe even the third best player on a team. But he did make the playoffs eight times. This was when it was really, really easy to make the playoffs. There was only 23 teams, but still eight playoff spots in each conference. I've talked about that before. Never made it to the conference finals. Probably the best player to never make it to the conference finals. Joel Embiid might be passing him soon. And uh, he was fairly one-dimensional. He really started to hit a lot more threes later in his career. Uh, but just a great slashing scorer, mid-range, short-range guy. Got a lot of rebounds, didn't pass, didn't defend. Uh, but he is, he's the one of the Hawks' best players in their franchise's history. For his career, 15th in NBA points, 15th in NBA points per game. During his Hawks' career, 26.4 points per game. Tied for the most in Hawks' history, alongside our first-team power forward, Bob Pettit. 6'9 power forward. Back then, that's pretty sizable. Led the league in points twice. Peaked at 20. 9.2 and 59 actually also scored 30 points a game 1962 uh, but that's of course after Wilt, Wilt entered the league and started you know dropping 40 point games every single day you also averaged 20 rebounds a game in 1961 a career 26 and 16 it's pretty good Bobby he was the best player on their only title team early in his career uh, he was criticized for lack of strength. He only weighed 200 pounds early on, and he just wasn't a very good ball handler. Uh, but Red Holdsman, Hall of Fame head coach, uh, pushed him away from center where he played at LSU to power forward, and that's just where he started dominating. Mid-range shots, rolled to the basket. Great finisher. There's not a lot of uh, clips of him on YouTube, but check him out. There are some where you can find him. Uh, only the second guy... Well, one of only two guys in Hawks history with 20,000 points. He's also their franchise leader in rebounds, 12,849. Out away, Bobby. And first team center, Al Horford. Now, he played nine seasons with Atlanta, the first nine seasons of his career, in kind of two different phases. There's the Joe Johnson phase and then the Paul Millsap phase, and he was always the second best player. Uh, but as a second banana, there's not really much else you'd want. Like he is a, a a quality starting center in the NBA, shown by the fact that he has played in his career in five conference finals, one NBA finals. One of those conference finals came with Atlanta in that uh, just magical 2015 season. I, I love that that 2015 team. It reminds me of the 2004 Pistons, where it's just five guys who know the role and do the one thing really well, and for Al Horford, that one thing, I mean, it, he was a great perimeter defender, a decent uh, rim protector, averaged a block and a half throughout his career. Uh, he had range, he could always hit a mid-ranger, he didn't really start taking threes until he left Atlanta, but just a high percentage shooter, just a great grit guy throughout his career. Uh, big Al Horford fan here. He ranks 8th in total rebounds among Hawks players, 
And there's a lot of guys who put up a lot of blocks with the Hawks. Uh, he ranks he ranks sixth, sixth in total Hawks blocks. So that's our first team: Lenny Wilkins, Lou Hudson, Dominique, Bob Pettit, and Al Horford. Second team uh, for point guard. I didn't love this one, but it's the right decision. Trey Young. Now, in a lot of ways, what he puts up are empty calorie stats. At first career, 25 points, nine assists a game. He averaged almost 30 points and nine assists his rookie season. His percentages are fairly low. Not a great three-point shooter, but takes so many. 35% for his career, you know, not terrible. He led the league in total assists the last two seasons and total points in 2022. Uh, Two-time All-Star, All-NBA guy. And really in that 2021 season when he willed his team to the conference finals, that should have put to bed the Trey isn't a winner thing. But then the last two years, he makes bad decisions as a, as a point guard. Jacks up bad shots, does make his teammates better. I think he's got the guts and the gall to be a really, really great player and a great winner. Uh, and I just don't think that's with this dysfunctional Hawks team. I think there are a lot of guys who figured it out late. I think Damian Lillard is one of those guys who figured out later that he needs to sacrifice a little bit to win. Uh, and then his team started sucking, so he couldn't sacrifice anything. Uh, Russell Westbrook, somebody that never really figured that out. But, I mean, it's just hard to blame a guy for thinking he's the best on the court at all times and thinking him taking the shot is always the right decision. He tries hard. He plays hard, so can't hate him for that. Uh, you can't hate him for his bad defense, though. Second team, shooting guard, Joe Johnson. His nickname is basically seven-time All-Star Joe Johnson because it's always so shocking to see that he made seven All-Stars in his career. It's like a Hall of Fame number right there. He's kind of everything you'd want from the shooting guard position. Uh, you know, he hits four out of ten threes. He can get to the basket. He can dish. He can rebound. He's a decent defender. He just does everything pretty well. And Atlanta was probably the worst situation for him, being the best player on a team. I think in the first place, Boston shouldn't have traded him in 2001. Just stick him behind, beside Paul Pierce and have it like you know Tatum and Brown. And then Phoenix let him walk. He wanted more money. They wouldn't pay. But uh, Joe Johnson on those seven seconds or less Suns teams, I think that's the title there. Uh, but I digress. He played seven seasons with the Hawks. 20 points a game, five assists, four rebounds. Kind of an ugly rebounder for six foot seven. But he is second all-time in Hawks three-pointers. He's only 20 above Trey. He's sixth in total points, 10,000-point club. Joe's a really good player. Uh, I don't think he should make the Hall of Fame. I think he's one of those in another universe Hall of Fame guys. But I think if he's the best player on your team, there's just a hard ceiling. And they made the playoffs a lot and lost in the playoffs a lot. But that's fine. Still a really nice career. Uh, second team, small forward, Cliff Hagen. Now he's forever known as the guy traded for Bill Russell. So that's kind of ugly. But he played 10 seasons with St. Louis. Put up, you know, 24 points a game twice, 22 another couple times. 45% from the field, which in the 60s is like, wow, that's something. And of course, second best player on that title team. And he led the league in points per game, those playoffs. 27 points per game during the 1958 playoffs. Shooting 50%, that also led the league. Good job, Cliff. Now, most important thing of Cliff's career, when Lenny Wilkins came to the team, St. Louis, just very racist town at that time. I don't want to judge anybody from there now, obviously. Uh, but just historically a, a pretty racist town. Uh, guys like Pettit, McCauley, Lenny Wilkins were just not welcome to the team. And according to the Breaks of the Game, classic NBA book, uh, Lenny wrote that Hagen was the only white star on the team who, who uh, welcomed 
welcomed the black Lenny Wilkins and didn't treat him with prejudice. So that's cool. That raises you a couple spots, Cliff. He's also fourth in uh, in team points, 13,000. That helps too. Second team power forward. Uh, this one was tough for me. There's like three guys that you could argue here. Uh, you can argue longevity. You can argue talent. Ultimately, I'm going longevity. So I'm going with Kevin Willis. Played 1,424 total games in the NBA. 11 seasons with Atlanta, uh, not including an injured 89 season. His best season was 1992, his only all-star team. At 29 years old, he peaked. 18 points a game, 15 rebounds per game. Not a great shot blocker, not a great passer, but a great rebounder. A really good, you know, 80s, 90s power forward, a seven-footer. Uh, in 92, the Hawks missed the playoffs. So it's kind of telling that uh, when he gets his most shots, when they don't do too hot. But for his Hawks career, uh, 14 and 10, he's seventh in total points in the 10,000 point club, third in rebounds, 7,000. And in NBA history, those uh, 1,400 odd games, eighth, eighth most in NBA history. And he's top 25 in total rebounds. So I went with longevity there and just a really good solid power forward for a long stretch. Uh, second team, center. You could have put him first team. I'm going to Kembe Mutombo. Mutombo's going to be on a couple of these lists. We already saw him in Denver. He only played five and a half seasons with Atlanta. That always feels like longer. Uh, but in that time, two rebound titles. Averaged 3.2 blocks per game. Somehow never let the league in blocks during that stretch. Uh, he did it three straight years with Denver. Made three all-stars in Denver. I don't think all-star games necessarily count for this, but he had 22 rebounds. 22 rebounds in the 2001 all-star game. He ended up getting traded that season, went to Philly, and made the finals. So there you go. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year four times, tied for the most all-time. Three of those were two and a half of those were with Atlanta. 97-98, his first two Atlanta years, and then 2001, uh, the season he got traded. So you could definitely argue him going up. But I, I, he's just a limited player. He All he wanted to do was grab rebounds, watch some shots. And it wasn't in the Bill Russell, Hakeem Olajuwon style of blocking shots where it leads to points. He just wanted to throw them out of bounds and wag his finger. I like Dikembe a lot. He's a really fun player. Um, I don't necessarily think he, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, despite not playing for a long time, though, with the Hawks, he is third in total blocks. 1,000 blocks in his Hawks career. Not even top 10 in rebounds. In case he went a little bit too high. So that's your second team. Trey Young, Joe Johnson, Cliff Hagen, Kevin Willis, and Dikembe Mutombo. Third team point guard. Going with Mookie Blaylock, a.k.a. The Thief. Seven years in Atlanta. Uh, not a good stretch for Atlanta. He did make the playoffs seven times, but none of them were you know, stellar teams. He was probably the best player on the team in a pretty weak league. He led the league in steals twice. 2.3. 2.3 steals per game for his career. Uh, he was a below 40% shooter for a lot of his career. 41% on his career. Took a lot of threes. 4.3 threes a game in the 90s is a lot. He was jacking up seven. Seven threes a game, three seasons in a row, 95 to 97. Uh, shooting about 36%. Uh, really good defender, a lot of defensive teams. Never made All-NBA. But he got, you know, All-NBA votes for seven straight years. Among All-NBA players, fourth in steals per game. 13th in total steals. 
That's pretty good. Uh, he's second in Hawks assists and first in steals with 1,300. Very solid point guard. Could be a, I don't know, could be a starter on a finals team, maybe. Uh, second team shooting guard, Pete Maravich. If you're ranking careers, he's probably number one on this list. Uh, but he only played a couple years with the Hawks. Four seasons with the Hawks, two All-Star games. In that time, he was averaging 24 points per game. That's pretty good. It's a lot less than the uh, 44 he was averaging in college, but 24 is pretty good. While also putting up like seven assists. We just talked about Pete a lot with the Jazz, so I'm not going to talk too much about him, but he was second team in 73 when he was playing with the Hawks. And the Hawks are the only times he had any sort of success. He had four playoff runs in his career, three of them with the Hawks, and then his fourth one was with the uh, the Celtics in 1980 when he's on his last legs playing 11 minutes a game. Really ahead of his time, he would have benefited he would have benefited from a three-point shot. I mean, he was averaging 25 a game for his career without making any threes. Well, he was making threes, just they counted as twos. Third team small forward. I think this one's pretty clear. It's John Drew. Made the playoffs four times from 78 to 82. Never really played well in the playoffs. 14 points a game, down from 20 in his regular season career. Not great. Two all-star games. Uh, he peaked in 77 with 24 points a game on 49% shooting. Now, he was never All-NBA. He was never one of the league's best couple players. He's not a Hall of Famer. Uh, but he was one of the best scorers of, you know, a 10-year stretch. To average 20 points a game for his career, that's, you know, that's pretty good. And he's one of the uh, one of the eight guys in franchise history with 10,000 points. He's sitting at 12,621. All right, now we're back. Uh, third team, power forward. I really struggled with this one. I looked at Dan Ronfield a lot. He just wasn't special. While I don't love Josh Smith, I, I don't know that you can't put him at your third team. I mean, he played nine seasons there. Averaged 2.1 blocks for his Hawks career. I mean, he, he's he, he's a six foot nine power forward. From 06 to 08, he's putting up 2.6, 2.9, 2.8 blocks. A good rebounder, got, you know, Decent assist guy, scored 16 to 19 points for his career. But there's just a couple of things wrong with him. Number one, he's one of the worst three-point shooters of all time, 28% for his career, but just insisted on jacking up bad shots constantly. It got worse when he left Atlanta, but it, it wasn't great. And his blocks kind of overrate his defense, and he got a lot of steals too. Uh, two blocks and a steal for his career every game, that's, that's pretty good. But he wasn't a very good defender. Guys get around him. He's he's best as like a weak side, uh, a, a weak side shot swatter, not like a rim defender, you know. But still, he was the second or third best player on a team that made a lot of playoffs. So that that counts for something. I don't think he's gonna be a good player on a team that that wins a lot of games or makes noise in the playoffs. Uh, Twenty fifteen, he was on the court when the Rockets made that insane comeback to eventually come back from three one against the Clippers. Uh, but that's, you know, a fluky, awesome game that's not a testament to his career or anything. Uh, as far as the stats go, he is second in Hawks blocks, 1440. He's seventh in rebounds. He's eighth in points. And he's fifth in steals. So, yeah, he ranks. And third team center, Tree Rollins. If you're such a good post defender that your nickname is Tree, uh, that means something. 14th pick out of Clemson in 77. Seven foot one. He had a long NBA career. 
played 18 seasons, 11 of which came in Atlanta. During his Atlanta years, 2.8 blocks per game. Peaked in 83 with 4.3 blocks per game. Never averaged double-digit points, but he did average three blocks four different times. Not a great rebounder either, but just a tremendous rim protector. Kind of like Mark Eaton, in that he's not the best defensive player of all time or in that consideration, but he does that one thing really, really well to a point where it earns him a lot of money. He was all-defensive team twice, uh, never all-NBA, never all-star, anything like that. But ninth in career blocks, first among... Uh, first among Hawks players by a wide margin. Uh, 2,283 blocks in his Hawks career. So that's our third team. Mookie, Mookie Blaylock, Pete Maravich, John Drew, Josh Smith, and Tree Rollins. Uh, the hardest cuts, Dan Roundfield. I liked him a lot. He's on a lot of stats lists. He was pretty good for a couple years. Uh, just not as special as, as Josh Smith. Uh, Eddie Johnson, a lot of points, really fun player, but shooting guard's a tough position here. Doc Rivers, all-time leader in Hawks assists. Uh, you could argue him over Mookie. I just think Mookie brought more to the table. Doc was a very good, very traditional, just solid starting point guard. Uh, Bill Bridges, undersized power forward throughout the 60s, got a lot of rebounds despite only being six foot six. Uh, he kind of took the torch from, from Pettit once he retired. Uh, power forward's a tough position though. You could, you could probably put him over Josh Smith, though, if you argue hard enough. Paul Millsap, I liked. I, it's shocking they never made All-NBA in those couple really fine uh, mid-2010s Hawks seasons. Uh, Jeff Teague, just league average point guard. He was solid. He was, you know, the fourth most important player on a couple good teams. Kyle Korver, I love him. He probably isn't even good enough to be mentioned in the hardest cuts, but I do love him. Uh, Clint Capella, no. Zelma Beattie. You could argue over Tree Rollins, but no. Uh, thanks for listening, though. We will be back next week. We're breaking into the top half of NBA teams. Uh, just a couple more in this uh, single era section. We're looking at one team that made two finals within one player's 21-season stretch. The longest a single player's ever spent with one NBA team. Couldn't guess who that is. Peace out.